You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the comics edition, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. And here's your host, Vince. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to issue nine of Bow Down to Us, the comics edition. As usual, this is Vince with my trusty sidekick, Roger. What's up, buddy? Not too much. Not too much. Well, over the last couple weeks, we've been discussing various characters in Marvel, most notably Wolverine and Spider-Man. And Wolverine has been great, at least as far as last week's episode was concerned. Not so great prior to that. And Spider-Man, well... Please just go listen to issue seven. It's a, it's a trip. We're not very happy with Spider-Man at the moment. So it was very interesting when we discovered that Marvel is currently putting out a comic starring both of these high-profile superheroes, Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. We just touched on this briefly in issue two when uh, they had released issue the first issue of the comic for free on their uh, iPad app. So... Today, we're going to talk about issues two and three. Issue three came out uh, one week ago, two weeks ago, very recently. I just got a chance to read it myself, and it has been very, very good. These two characters play off each other so well. You have Spider-Man, you know, the wisecracking, you know, kind of irreverent guy, and Wolverine is just all serious all the time. And having these two characters playing off each other has just worked out so well in this comic. And it actually ties in to another favorite comic of mine from a few years back, Superman, Batman, Superman and Batman on their own. Their characters have pretty much been done. There's only so much development you can do over 70 years of telling these stories. You know, as far as actual characters themselves, Superman and Batman have both been fleshed out as much as possible. So when Jeff Loeb started writing the new Superman, Batman series, it actually found some more character in there because you saw Superman from Batman's perspective and you saw Batman from Superman's perspective and them giving commentary on each other kind of opened up your eyes to various aspects of these characters that at least I wasn't aware of at the time. Not, not so much aware of, but it kind of slipped through the cracks and I actually enjoyed both of the characters more after that series. And that's what we're getting here with Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. The way that the characters treat each other, the way that they talk about each other has really brought the characters to a new level for me. See, I would kind of agree only in that, um, and, and it's not to say it in a negative way. However, with the Batman Superman series, it's much more, uh, of a mature relationship between the two kind of thing where you're what you're discovering is more in depth than just two people who don't like each other kind of thing and with the spider-man wolverine it's always been this 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 angst between them that goes back many many years and so there's not a lot of character development that you can get between two characters that just point blank don't like each other and want to kill each other all the time i mean there was a glimmer of um of something else in i think it was the second one i'll find it later when we get to it um that was phenomenal it was like yeah this is what we need to see more of but for the most part it's just about them dissing each other and not liking each other so to me it's a little bit different now that being said 
there's nothing wrong with that and it makes for a fun ride it's it's just a you know a roller coaster ride that you and basically that's it whereas with the batman superman i can see from a writer's perspective there being so much more depth then to the characters that you can continue writing for them for a lot longer whereas again this it's it's not going to last you can only put up with two people who don't like each other having to work together for so long well, and yet we still get all these likable moments like we see at the end of issue two. Uh, throughout issue two, Wolverine has been living in seclusion, being worshipped as the messiah of these people because he screwed with the timeline. Never mess with the timeline. Don't step on any butterflies. And when Logan finally steps up and is the hero that Spider-Man always knew he could be, you know, I think he needed that pep talk from Peter to really bring out that aspect of his personality that he had closed in on himself. So getting that cool heroic moment of him stepping up. And I love that line. It's like, you know, Jeannie and I've got this because at freaking planet doom, Dr. Doom <laughs> turns into Unicron and is coming to eat the earth. I mean, it's just cool. And you have the Phoenix force distilled into a bullet that's going to take it down that was a great heroic moment that on its own if it was just a wolverine story wouldn't have been as impactful if it weren't for that interaction he had had previously with spider-man yeah that was actually issue two not three um it begun began in in two where he uh, spider-man finds the bullet and the gun uh and and is prepping and then you get the intro to uh planet doom which was awesome just freaking awesome it was so out there and yet so fantastic but i mean this the 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 cataclysm there for the the that relationship between the two that one moment that i was thinking about is it, it it's even it's one it's two panels where mm -hmm. spider-man is talking to him and saying i get it it's easier to kill than inspire what a stellar legacy you'll leave and then you get the the lines from the line from wolverine after and it's like that's what we need to see more of kind of thing but throughout it's again it's just that animosity between the two of them um that being said though yeah when it in the third issue when they start to, um going at it and uh and um Wolverine comes out of essentially the hiding that he's been doing for months and then everybody's going not seeing him and you get that one panel where he's on the flame of the fallen um statue of liberty and he's looking up at Planet Doom, and they actually say at the end of the issue that that was actually a three-panel. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> monstrous. It is gorgeous. Absolutely insane. Like, I've got it maxed out on my 27-inch screen here, and the detail is amazing. You want to talk about an epic shot of Wolverine. I used to think it was the shot of him where he's jumping towards the T-Rex. No, this is it. <laughs> this, this, is, this beats that by a mile. Yeah, and that, that's what we're getting with the whole astonishing line. Now, granted, the astonishing line right now consists of this comic and a rather miserable interpretation of astonishing X-Men. But what Marvel is trying to do with the astonishing line is just getting the best talent they can find, pair them with the best characters that they, they want to write, and just going crazy with it. You know, it's not going to publish monthly. It's more of a bi-monthly title and that's fine. Take two months and just draw the crap out of oh, the thing. Yeah. Write the best story you can and this is one of the few comics on the shelf that at least to me is well worth its $3.99 price tag because you're getting 
$4 worth of awesomeness just from the art side of things. The art is, I honestly, I couldn't ask for better. The art is absolutely astounding. And the writing is spot on. The, 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 the sarcasm from Spider-Man when he's monologuing as well as when he's talking to everybody else is it's not just cheesy Spider-Man writing. It's actually good Spider-Man writing, which is hard to do when you're writing a sarcastic character because that sarcasm can come across just as the same old cheesy crap that you've read forever. So no, it's very well written. And the characters stay true to form as well. So Wolverine isn't speaking like Spider-Man, which you see in far too many comic books as well too. Everybody sounds the same or Alternatively, they sound way too different because the writer's trying too hard to make it sound like they're different. This is perfect. The writing is actually phenomenal. And when you get lines like I just read a few minutes ago too, like, again, that's a mark of somebody who knows how to write. And and the storytelling is great. The, the plots are fantastic. Like, even just the little mini plots of things that are going on. It's, it's really, really quite good. I mean, come on. Uh, how much forethought did it think to have back in the first issue Wolverine teaching the tribes how to brew beer? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, and then when he's going on his big heroic march, they greet him with a goblet full of beer. <laughs> like, you've done well, my people. I mean, that's so great. Yeah. But I, I'm really, really looking forward to where this is going because yeah, the story arc we're getting is the, these characters, I don't want to say they hate each other. Uh, they're, they're, oh, no, they're, they do. they're both Avengers. They're both heroes. They just don't get along very well. They don't hate each other. Oh, I, I, if Wolverine I, truly hated Spider-Man, he would have gotten some claws through his chest, you know, 3,000 years ago in the timeline. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly, I... I get the impression that there's a lot of hatred there, which is fine. It fits in with it. But yeah, see, I'm <laughs> I'm going through too. And again, just little things here and there, like the lame across his butt <laughs> for the costume because they, he got his costume in this new um, time zone because there's a... Um, a museum of the lamest superheroes and he was one of them so he's, he took the costume so it has lame written across the back end little things like that <laughs> just it's fantastic yeah and just going forward into the next issue that where they left it off where you see wolverine and spider-man once again thrown through time and they're separated now facing off against alternate versions of each other spider-man as the wrestler from way back in his day and wolverine with a pack of wolves look like maybe from his pre-weapon x days so now we're going to see these two characters going against each other in a different sort of way and seeing how it all comes together to you know eventually there's going to be at least some grudging admiration between the two <laughs> well see i love that too the ending to three was really good and so far actually the ending to each one they've got fantastic cliffhangers enough that i'm dying to read the next one which we're not getting quite enough of lately especially with characters that you know there's been like you were saying so many stories have been written about them you can only do so much when you get something like this where it's like holy crap i can't wait to see what they're gonna do with this because they've thrown a twist in a storyline that's already full of twists coincidentally just to kind of veer off a little bit from that but to talk about the characters as well i've been reading a little bit more of uh the the wolverine and spider-man history as well mm -hmm. and completely coincidental as well because I'd read the mini not the miniseries but the one shot that was years ago of uh, the two when 
um, Wolverine is trying to save his um, his girlfriend Shalomarin, who was the the spy. And then just today, actually, I read the what if that was of the two of them, and it was the what if they hadn't come back and they had essentially formed their own mercenary group to then go <laughs> and it's, it's just to show you again how the um how a good writer can take characters and put them in situations where they can grow completely differently than what another character or another writer would have, another path that a writer would have taken them down and in this what if it's actually they do have a friendship and they do um, work together really quite well. It's actually, I'm going to see if I can write a review for this as well as the other one so that folks can uh, give it a, a, a look because it's definitely worth reading. But it was funny because I read this and then I read these astonishing where they absolutely detest each other <laughs> and it's such a black and a white in terms of character development. But this was done so well, the astonishing ones, that it's, it's again, as long as... I, I actually the good question here is this a, a a running title or is this a limited series? It is a limited series. We are of six, three of six. Yeah, exactly. So again, that's why I'm saying like you're when you're looking at a limited run, then you can put up with two characters that just point blank don't like each other for that long, and whatever little character development you get, great, but. It, it's it's not going to be. You don't have to worry about carrying this on for who knows how many issues. Yeah. I mean, before we move on to the uh, next title we're going to talk about, I'm going to veer off a bit on my own here. I know I recommended it to you, but have you read any of the recent New Avengers issues? No. Okay. Well, Wolverine and Spider-Man are both on the Avengers and the New Avengers together. And Brian Bendis just loves the interaction between all of his characters. And you really get it on New Avengers, uh, as I was talking about in my feature that I did for them. And there's a scene where Doctor Strange is possessed by a demon and Wolverine has just had enough and stabs him through the chest <laughs> and spider-man comes in he's like what'd you do it's like i had to stop him it's like you stabbed him i only stabbed him a little how do you stab <laughs> someone a little I, I only popped a little bit of cloth but he's bleeding like we'll go get some paper towels or something <laughs> and then dr strange wakes up and he's like oh logan you know so it was so great that you knew that you know cause only immense bodily harm would cause the demon to to leave my body and logan's like yeah, <laughs> Spider's like he didn't know that he stabbed you just because he wanted to stab you. <laughs> so you know this has pretty much become Marvel's marquee team up. <laughs> you know there there have been all kinds of characters that you could put together, and you know there's some fun to be had. But Wolverine and Spider Man is the team for cross cr crossing over in Marvel. Yeah. So speaking of alternate histories and alternate futures and all kinds of shenanigans that Spider-Man and Wolverine are causing in the timeline. Marvel has told many, 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 I don't want to go so far as the what if, because those are their own isolated thing, but many different mini series over the years and yeah, hit or miss. And unfortunately, a lot of the bad ones have involved a certain character <laughs> by the name of the Punisher. <laughs> it's like everybody wants to tell a really cool Punisher story. And very few people have ever done it, even in his solo title. He's just, there's not much to the character. He's a very black and white character. So, was that a bad came, pun? Uh, <laughs> apparently, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, coming into this newest miniseries, I was a little apprehensive, but 
a friend of mine had read it. He said, it was really good. Check it out. So I borrowed his issue. I was like, wow, it was really good. And, you know, I bought into the rest of the miniseries. It was four issues and it's called Marvel Universe versus the Punisher. And if you're going to have one person take on an entire universe, yeah, the Punisher's probably the guy you want for the job. What we're seeing in this miniseries is there's a virus that has gone out. Uh, as I mentioned after last week's episode, I don't know if it actually made it into the episode or not, Raj, uh, that this was an original concept for the Marvel Zombies miniseries. So it's, it's a twist on a similar theme. Now, these aren't zombies, as uh, Punisher explains. They're perfectly alive. They're just reverted to a more primitive state. They become cannibals and tribal warriors. And it was, and you see, the it all started with, who else? Spider-Man. <laughs> Where Spider-Man is in this knockdown, drag-out brawl with the rhino, kicks him halfway across Manhattan into Madison Square Garden, and then proceeds to eat him on the center ice. <laughs> and, it, that, you know, okay, something's a little wrong here. Maybe it was an isolated incident until it started happening to normal people, too. I, I loved when they were talking about how the, the, the staff from the donut shop declared war on the coffee yeah. shop around the corner. <laughs> so this virus spreads and spreads and spreads. Things get worse. We see, uh, you know, a great little last stand moment with Punisher, Wolverine, and Captain America probably the three people you would pick to be the last standing in any battle. And of course, if you've ever watched a zombie movie, read a zombie book, even heard of a zombie, you know that the infected always went out in the end. And what we see here is this version of New York where Punisher is pretty much the only normal human left alive fighting this endless mass of just I, I keep wanting to call them zombies, but that's not right. Just this infected heroes that have run rampant over the world at this point. And it's cool. You see him starting off with Deadpool. He's like, yeah, oh, this is the 33rd time I've hunted Deadpool and the 33rd time I've killed him. He just can't keep the guy down because of his healing powers. See, that's something that actually, see, I can see why Wolverine did not get infected because of the healing factor. But then I found it odd, however, that um, the Deadpool did. You would think that his immune system, the the healing thing, would be able to fight whatever this is off. Well, I'm going to try and justify that. But before I go there, it doesn't mean Wolverine didn't get infected. It means Wolverine didn't get infected yet. As we see in the X-Men series, uh, the, the vampire virus was able to finally grab a hold of him. So a powerful enough virus could counteract the healing factor. But the thing with Deadpool is his healing factor is balanced out by a really aggressive version of cancer that he has. So another infection on top of that could theoretically overpower it. And let's just go along with it for the story, OK? Yeah. <laughs> You're being way too critical about a zombie story. <laughs> Somebody has to. But as this is going on, you know, we see I love that panel where one moment you see Punisher fighting alongside Captain America, a hero of his. You know, it's something that they've established in recent years of comics, how Frank Frank Castle really looks up to Steve Rogers and Steve Rogers wants nothing to do with them because he's a murdering punk. <laughs> so they're finally fighting alongside, you know, on the same team. And then the very next panel is Captain America on his knees, infected with Punisher holding a gun to his head. That is just so like it, it's such a great little bit of storytelling there how uh, some days are harder than others that he really didn't want to pull that trigger it's just really cool seeing punisher in this setting yeah they it, it was well done too because 
it's a character that doesn't have superpowers. So for him to be going up against all of these superheroes and villains and taking their heads as trophies, um, it, it's 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 got a lot more impact because it's a again a regular, well, somewhat regular kind of guy. Um, to correct you on one thing though, you were saying that he's the only guy. Actually, there's pockets of people who. Well, have not yet been infected yeah. and the, the only those are the ones yeah yeah so there there are some throughout and that's what leads you to like the 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 main how, how do i word this the the, the important <laughs> thing in the story is him remembering or him trying to remember his humanity and working with the uh, the the priest that he finds in the boy to try to keep them alive and to do what they deem to be right but him continually fighting against that and saying no that's not who i am i am a monster kind of thing and blaming himself for what happened so that friction is what i found really moved the 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 story along the four issues yeah punisher is a character known for his very again pun black and white depiction of right and wrong you see you know it, it, you robbed a bank you're gonna die you jaywalked across the street you're gonna die <laughs> i mean there, there there's either right or there's wrong and if you fall on the wrong side of that equation you better run because punisher's coming after you and we see that you know he's collected all these heads as trophies well, it's not just Magneto and Dr. Doom and, you know, Dr. Octopus that he's collected the heads of. He has the heads of The Thing and Mr. Fantastic and, as we saw, Captain America. When Captain America turned, he stopped being an ally and immediately became an enemy. And that's such a cool aspect of the character where it doesn't matter what the priest thinks is right or wrong. It's, it's irrelevant. That, that is just untrue. As, as correct as the priest's reasoning may be. It's just a fact that he's wrong because this is the Punisher's world and you're going to fit into his idea of what's right and wrong. But again, there he he allows himself to go with it anyways and to do what and, and, and that's what causes some of the friction later when he's saying I shouldn't have opened myself up like that kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. whenever he strays away from what his baser instincts are is when he gets into trouble, essentially. Yeah. And... I don't want to spoil too much because this is another one of those things that yeah, really recommending for people to read. It's it's one of those things that just came out of nowhere and it's well, well worth the time. But we see that he has this immense amount of survivor's guilt that he carries a big burden on his shoulders. So, you know, when when he does find these actual uninfected humans, he he does allow himself to open up a bit and make, at least by his terminology, a mistake that leads him to making a deal with the devil. He he finds Spider-Man and Spider-Man sends him on this mission. He's like, hey, somebody's invading my territory. They've taken my queen. Go rescue her and I'll give you a bunch of, you know, uninfected humans. They, they will become your tribe now. And he goes on this huge offensive against who else? The Kingpin. And again, who else is going to be Spider-Man's queen, but Mary Jane. And of course, the situation he finds Mary Jane in is just messed up to an an unbelievable extent, especially when you consider everything that's involved, not ruining it. (laughs) But we see a certain turn in his personality at this point. You know, he he has I don't want to say allies, but he realizes that, okay, you know, 
I'm doing the right thing here. These people are innocent. Throughout all of Punisher's career, quote unquote, that's one thing that he's always very distinctly drawn the line between guilty and innocent. And if there's innocent people in harm's way, there's a punishing and a half coming for the people on the other side. It's been the the basis of some of the few really good Punisher stories over the years. And we just see Castle unleashed against hordes of enemies. You know, of course, you know, action hero, shirt off, guns blazing. <laughs> and eventually leads to a conclusion where in the end, he's not a human, as he says. He is the monster. He, he, he doesn't fit into what the rest of humanity would describe as a human. He definitely is as much of a monster as the infected are. Yeah. And like the series is, is well-written as well. Not just because, I mean, it's, it's, it's a story that would be easy to, to tell. Like I I love zombie stories and post-apocalyptic things, but they're fairly easy to write and to tell kind of thing, because a lot of it is the same kind of stuff that we've, seen so many times before and all you got to do is put a few kind of interesting twists in it but what i like about this is that it's the little moments here and there that sell it for me it's not that like the story as a whole was very good the story as a whole is very well written the i mean there's only so much character development for that you can have for the punisher and and they go back to things that are in his past to show, you know, why he is the way he is. But we already all, we know that. But again, it's the little moments like the, the, the Mary Jane moments, like the, uh, the interactions with Deadpool, like the, when they show a flashback and the Punisher has got a little red wagon full of heads that he's putting (laughs) on spikes, like the moment where, um, there's the flashback and they are, showing the heroes who have not been infected who are fighting it out along against other tribes and whatnot and you and have iron man iron man's suit stops working and he's there for five days essentially dying in his outfit like <laughs> things so like great oh yeah things like that you're like oh okay Th- those little things here and there are literally what kept me reading this entire series from one to four in one evening yeah, or how about the Hulk walking around with Wolverine's hand oh, around dude. his neck as a trophy? Oh. Like indestructible metal, nothing's yeah, indestructible. <laughs> that made me literally laugh out loud. Everybody was in bed, my wife and kids are in bed, and I got to that part and I had to stifle a laugh because again, I just I've been reading all these Wolverine comics lately and especially the Wolverine versus Hulk. I literally just the the night before last was reading another mini series that is Hulk and Wolverine. And so when I saw this, I just howled. I was like, I, it was, it was so well done. And again, had tip to him to know, okay, so we have all of these heroes who hate each other at different times. How can we work with that? And, and like the Hulk's got all the three claw marks all over his body, mm-hmm. scars and stuff. So yeah, it the was details. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, very cool. Uh, one thing I want to touch on here real quick is the use of the character of Deadpool. Deadpool has been a fan favorite character for, you know, since the 90s. He, he was mildly successful at the time, disappeared for a while, popped up here and there. And then all of a sudden, a couple years ago, he made his huge comeback. And he has been Everywhere. one of the most overused characters in Marvel over the last four years, I think. 
two, eh, whatever, two, two, three years. Let's go with that. He's been all over the place. You cannot have a mini series or an event without Deadpool sticking his head in at some point. And a lot of times he's just there because, hey, you put Deadpool in your comic, you're going to sell, you know, 30,000 extra issues. And this is one of the few times, even in his own comics, one of the few times that I feel that the character really fit the story. I I think he was a very nice uh, counter to the Punisher, especially when they teamed up later on. How you see the Punisher, no nonsense, just go in, get it done. Whereas Deadpool, he's he's Spider-Man with a more immaturity to him. He's always wisecracking, takes nothing seriously. And I just, I think it was really cool that they paired those two up together. And I love Deadpool's last line in the, in the series. Oh, we're never teaming up again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree. I actually, I've been reading some more of uh, Deadpool here and there with different things. And I got to tell you for the most part, I, I'm not crazy about the character. I, I, I don't mind the character, but I'm I'm tired of seeing him everywhere, yeah. and I'm tired of a lot of the issues that I'm reading. I'm just not enjoying them, and especially because it tends to be too frantic and too crazy, and they're trying too hard. Whereas this, it's the like you were saying, it's the perfect offset to the Punisher, and the fact that he keeps coming back <laughs> regardless of how many times he kills him and you can't get rid of this annoying pest and and it, it winds up being more of a pest than someone that he's seriously hunting to you know that that's a threat it's just a pest so uh, yeah it's it's they did a fantastic casting there yeah, it, it's kind of the Wolverine Spider-Man interaction taken to the next level, because as much as Wolverine wants to stab Spider-Man, he never stabs Spider-Man. Well, Punisher has no problem shooting Deadpool in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're going to wrap it up there. So we have a couple great titles that we recommend. And of course, as usual, we're going to get into the new releases for today. Uh, one that I left off my list because it's popping out a lot quicker than we were anticipating. Yeah. Dragon Age issue five comes out today we love dragon age we're getting amazing spider-man 644 captain america 610 and x-men legacy 240 and that's it it's a pretty lame week for comics so uh we're gonna have some i have some cool fun lined up for next week's episode don't worry we're not going to talk about those three issues and nothing else (laughs) there's plenty of other stuff going on out there and as well yesterday saw the release of the superman batman apocalypse animated movie uh yet dc is great with their animated work uh it's superman and batman voiced of course by tim daly and kevin conroy and introducing the character of Supergirl to the animated franchise and their battle on Apocalypse with none other than Darkseid. It's a lot of fun. And don't go in there expecting an epic storyline because it ain't there. But if you just want to see Superman punching people in the face, highly recommended. So that will be all for Bow Down to Us, the Comics Edition, Issue 9. Be sure to check us out at bowdowntous.com and come back next week for Issue 10. My daughter came by like 10 minutes ago and brought me bruschetta bread. And, and I was like, oh, I love you, but I can't eat it. It's too crunchy. <laughs> oh, so there you go. No. And I'm actually going to make you read an issue of Thor. You have to put no. your money where your mouth is. No. 
<laughs> you don't have to hey, read the bad not, ones. At least I'm not putting Darkwing Duck on there, okay? I wouldn't read it. Not gonna <laughs> happen. I don't care if it's a freaking podcast. 